When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network, and this is the Steelers Preview. Joining me as always, Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. Brian, what's up? I love my Thursdays. When it was the 1980s, I knew that I had uh, family ties and cheers and night court. Now, I get to hang out with you guys, so you could be my Sam Malone and my Harry Stone. There you go. I'll take it. Dave Schofield, what's up? Can you talk? Somewhat. Somewhat. About the same as I was on Scobro, maybe a little better. But uh, I, I was almost back to normal, and then I had to go uh, pick up my daughter somewhere, and I, I made it all right to the first time Renegade came on the radio, but then when Renegade came on, on again on a different channel – on the same trip, I I just couldn't I I, I couldn't help myself, so kind of lost my voice a little bit there. But uh, I mean, you're a Steelers fan; you have no choice but uh, but but to just belt out "Renegade" whenever you can. Yeah, that's true. Um, the best stick song, by the way. But hey, you know, happy birthday to one uh, Jerome Bettis today. Uh, the bus turns, I think, fifty-one. Um, man, that's crazy. So, uh, Brian, favorite Jerome Bettis moment? What was it? You know, everybody says the snowplow. You know, I've, uh, man, yeah, oh, I got it. I was in stadium in 1997, and I think it was a 25-yarder in, in overtime to beat. It was a walk-off to beat the Jacksonville Jags. And it it was, and that's, they weren't playing that well in 1997 to start that season. But as you know, they ended up in the AFC championship game and that's where the run started at that point. Dave Schofield, favorite Jerome Bettis moment. I'm, I'm going to go way outside the box. I'm going to say that when Mike Vanderjack missed the kick in the playoffs <laughs> and you see him go, you know, the sigh of relief because, you know, he never to, – to hear Ben Roethlisberger tell the story of that play is always great. Uh, I got to do that, you know, being about 25 feet from him uh, last – earlier – or last spring when he talked about that play. But he's like, Jerome never fumbles the ball. You know, he never fumbles the ball. And just his reaction to that to kind of understand what it meant it, that – to me, when you say Jerome Bettis, I always think about that reaction and the smile after that miss to know that it was all right. I always think of the Myron Cope, Jerome Bettis, Jerome Bettis. <laughs> something <laughs> about lettuce? Something <laughs> He ain't a head of lettuce or something like that. Mm -hmm. But no, my favorite, you know, I'm going to be honest. There's two things that come to mind. And yeah, the, the snow game. I, people always say mm -hmm. the snow plow, like the, the hit with Erlacher which I do want to make, I say it every year, is a clarification that needs to be made about that. But that whole game, like it was just a retro Jerome Bettis. He had a couple big runs in that game. The the Brian Erlacher play, if you watch it again, he runs over Erlacher after first contact was made. Someone comes up and hits Jerome Bettis first. He runs them over. Erlacher hits a already, you know, the bus has already been hit once, and then he runs him over. And into the end zone for the touchdown. That was fantastic. But the moment that I remember the most is when Joey Porter held back the entire team before Super Bowl 40, and he let Jerome Bettis run out onto the field and in introductions by himself. And it was just a really cool moment. I remember watching that live thinking, oh, man, that's so freaking cool. Like, so cool. But I have a trivia question for you guys. It has to do with Jerome Bettis. So There's do I. Two-parter, and we're just going to do it now. So Jerome Bettis, we all know he's a Hall of Fame guy. He's a running back, all this stuff. He also had one heck of an arm, okay? 
And I, he's how many touchdown passes has Jerome Bettis thrown in his entire career? Anyone know? I know of one against Tampa Bay in 2000 or 2001. I believe it was 2001, but gosh, um, I want to say three. That would be correct. Oh, I don't even have oh. to try to answer. What it. were nice. you going to say, Dave? I, well, I, I was I was going honestly. I was going to say two, but or three. I had I was depending on what Brian said. I was going to go the other way. <laughs> and the other the follow up is is his first ever NFL touchdown pass was thrown to who? Let, 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 we'll let Dave guess first. I don't know that. Okay. Was it with the Steelers? Yes, it's in 1999. In 1999, I'm going to say. I'm going to mess up and say someone who wasn't even on the Steelers in 1999. <laughs> That's probably what I'm going to do. Now, um, in 1999, let's just say he threw the pass to, we'll say Cordell Stewart. Was not this, it was not Slash, Brian. Oh, I just thought maybe so, it would be ironic. <laughs> I'm either thinking Hines or Troy Edwards. So I'm going to go with Hines. And you would be correct. Two for two. Hines mm-hmm. Ward caught his very first touchdown pass. And the last one was, I believe, to Jeremy Tooman was the, the last pass that he threw. Oh. I think the, the second one, and I can't remember who, it was a tight end. The, the second one, the middle one was a tight end. Anyways, there you go. A little Jerome Bettis trivia for you. That's me you, for the day. Do you want my Jerome Bettis trivia? Sure. That's quick. While we're at it, let's do Simple. it. Simple, let's do it. So Jerome's parents went to every single game, and after a while, they showed his loving parents in the stands on camera all the time. Do you know his parents' names? Because they they said it all the time. No. Uh, Is his dad's name Jerome? No, it's not Jerome. (laughs) You know, know, I don't even know why I'm asking Jeff Hartman this, because he's just going to give them names. Mazee. Is it (laughs) Mazee? No. It's Mazee. Dave. Well, if Jeff's going to go Jerome... Oh, with his first name, I'll go. Maybe he was his middle name was after his father, so I'll go Abram. It is not his dad was Johnny Bettis. Johnny, Johnny Bettis, Johnny and Gladys Bettis. Oh, I was gonna say Marie, (laughs) Johnny and Gladys, but it was Jerome Abram Bettis. I was pretty close with Mazee, that my guess of her. (laughs) Of course, you were. Jeff wins. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the show today. You know, this week, uh, Steelers lost another coach. And no, he did not pass away. John Mitchell, after 29 years with the organization, decided to call it a career. And it was a great career. And you lo- you read about it because Dave helped me out with the article when it happened. And you just see like this guy's in the uh, Alabama Sports Hall of Fame first African-American to be named all pro uh, for bear Bryant in Alabama. When he transferred there, he came into the NFL, I believe with bill Belichick and the Browns and the Browns leave Cleveland. He goes to Pittsburgh with cower in 94 and stays with him ever since. Just a legendary career. Dave, what do you think about John Mitchell? Just when you think about him as a coach. Unsung hero. He is not the guy that you think of as one of the main faces of the organization. He he meant more to that team, and he didn't have to be the guy in the limelight in order to do it. He was very much an integral part of everything that happened on that team, and yet the casual Steeler fan will probably have no idea who he is. Yeah, you're probably right. What about you, Brian? When you think of John Mitchell, what do you think of? I have three words. Mainstay, constant, rock. Those are good. And I, I'd agree with all those. And he's going to be missed. I mean, when Brian Flores left, uh, Art Rooney didn't put out a statement or Mike Tomlin didn't put out a statement. I mean, they, they read those statements from both Art two and Mike Tomlin after John Mitchell decided to hang it up. I mean, they're going to miss that guy in a lot of ways. And so now you're looking at a coaching staff that after losing Blaine Stewart, he was still on the coaching staff, whether he was an integral part or not doesn't matter. So Blaine Stewart's gone. Flores is gone. Now Mitchell's gone. They had 18 to start. Now they're down to 15 coaches. And you're just thinking, my gosh, like what are they going to do with their coaching staff? And that's the title of this podcast. Dave, what in the world are the Steelers going to have to do here? Because when you look at the, the coaches that were actually are gone, they could probably not fill those positions and be okay. There's no way they do that though, right? 
Not 15. I thought it was 36. Um, hold up. Sorry. That, sorry for the mall rats reference there. Um, uh, just had to throw that out there. Um, I, they, I've they're... never seen that movie, by the way. Oh, I it's, haven't the, seen... it's the other Kevin <laughs> it's, Smith. Yeah. It's, it's the wrong Kevin Smith. That's, uh, I haven't seen the movie for a very long time. That's back to my college days. But, uh, you would think that it's not like there's a big pressing need that they have to have someone to fill that job. But my goodness, you have to, you would have to think that if you lose your assistant head coach and you use your, your, what was exactly for his title? The senior defensive assistant and linebackers. Coach. Yeah. Senior, senior assistant coach. That's got to free up some cash to be able to pay someone else to come in and help coach somewhere. And I mean, I mean, think about that. That's that's got to be three of your top five coaching salaries right there. So for those of saying that, well, what do they do? To me, I say get creative. It doesn't have to be someone to come in and do the exact role that any of these guys were doing. But at least now, add, add a coach or two, and you could add a significant piece. I'm kind of tired of seeing people being hired as uh, – as passing game coordinators and stuff like that at other teams. I'm like, yeah, maybe the Steelers need something like that. So um, I don't know who. Um, I still say that the Steelers might try to think that they can find gold like they did with Flores, where they you know, kind of wait for the coaching cycle to go through and see who isn't hired for a higher job to offer them a more of a lower job with the Steelers because that's what they have available. Um, might be the best way to do that. But uh, I, I think they should, but I don't think it has to be specifically, oh, we have to hire an assistant head coach or a or a senior defensive assistant or something with that exact title. Yeah. What, what about you, Brian? What do you think the Steelers are going to do with their coaching staff? Get ready for the owls because you're going to hear a lot of who, 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 because it's not going to be a big, sexy name. They are going to bring somebody in. They're going to bring a few in, but it's not going to be Eric B It's not going to be Cliff Kingsbury. It's not going to be anybody like that, that, uh, that people expect to be on the market. It's going to be someone that we might not know, but somebody that they've scouted and they're comfortable with. And I have no problem with that. But the, uh, the thing that you're going to notice here is that they're going to do it for however they can go ahead and build this build this program back up on the coaching side because it's so much more specialized these days and you need to have those coaches and we've talked about that I don't know whether it was last week or the week before but they have uh, Dave could probably tell me this uh now they're down to 15 I thought at 18 they were tied for the lowest amount of assistant coaches in the league yeah Jeff Jeff confirmed that so now they're at the very bottom. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you would think they're going to go ahead and bring guys in. You would think, and I'll give you a name. I th- I could see, I could see them bringing in Byron Leftwich as that senior offensive assistant and I don't know, assistant quarterbacks coach or something like that. Like I could see that happening. Dave, what are you thinking? Well, Brian did the owl thing, the who, 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 when, when that's actually a good thing when, when you think about it at times, okay? Because I know sometimes you like the big name. <clears throat> well, some people complain that Mike Tomlin doesn't have a big coaching tree. Well, part of the reason Mike Tomlin doesn't have a big coaching tree is because the Steelers like to bring in, bring in coaches that have been at a higher level and it might not have worked out. Like Dick LeBeau was a head coach, came back to the Steelers as a defensive coordinator. Mike Munchak, Brian Flores, those kinds of hires. Those Steelers fans love those because it's not who they know who those guys are. But if you really want to, if you really want to build a coaching tree, if you think that's really important, like I say, I don't think Mike Tomlin thinks that's important, but that the the way you're going to do that is you get those who guys, because prime example right now, after being the defensive coordinator at the senior bowl, who's a hot name, an up and comer that that Steelers fans probably didn't even realize who he was when they hired him last year, Grady Brown. Grady Brown, their 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 defensive backs coach, and the how many Steelers fans last year said who? That's a guy that you could eventually see being part of the coaching tree. So if that's if you want to complain that Mike Tomlin doesn't have a coaching tree, you can't complain 
if when they hire coaches, you don't know who they are because that's how trees get started. So I'm okay either way, however they do it. Yeah. It makes You're, me wonder. It can't be a coaching tree if you bring in someone who was already a head coach. That can't be your yeah. tree. Yeah. It, it does make me wonder how they go about hiring these coaches. If you think about like a, 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 Grady, a, a Grady Brown, who <laughs> was a defensive backs coach. I mean, that guy, you look at his coaching resume in college, he's basically done it all. He's been a coordinator. He's been a defensive backs coach. He's been, you know, you name it. He's done it essentially at the college level. First time being in the pros though. Then you look at someone like Pat Meyer and when he was hired, he was a late hire. Everyone, I remember all of us talking like, at what point are they going to hire an offensive line coach? Like this is mm-hmm. taking a long time and it's not like they had a mainstay that was taking over. Adrian Clem left and then Craig Morgan left. He went to Chicago and everyone's like, uh, they have no offensive line coach now. And then Pat Meyer, he comes in and everyone, a lot of people said, uh, who? And then they had to take a look at his resume, Oh, they hated his oh, they his, hated his stats. Yeah. yeah, not good, not good at all. You had to go to Jeffrey Benedict, who had some positive stats about Pat Meyer, and it was based on quarterbacks running the ball in his system. Mm-hmm. But Brian, uh, what are your thoughts on like how the Steelers go about their business? They certainly take their time. Yeah, you know what they uh, they shop smart. They uh, they don't just go buy the tires at Goodyear. They look around for the best deal, but still not the cheapest deal that is going to uh, they're going to wear out in 15,000 miles. You know, so they're going to go ahead and look for the right thing. I like what Dave said. And my gosh, I've been waxing Dave's car a lot lately, but he's usually right. I like what he said that, you know, they can take their time on this. They're going to go ahead and possibly look at uh, who in the coaching cell hops off for a hot minute and might might uh, be looking for a good gig like they did with flurries at the end of February last year. So I, gosh, that might be a year to the day. Was it February 19th or February 17th? 18th. Or 18th? Okay. So we're close Almost. to a year, year to a day on that, yeah. but it, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I'm fine with them taking their time because they really don't need those guys in the kitchen right now when they need them in the kitchen is going to be more in May. Sure. They want to have them in the room to be able to uh, talk about the needs as when I talk about the room, the war room, when they're talking about draft and what have you, but with this, you really want them ready for mini camp and ready to go. And I don't think there's a lot of acclimation when you bring a coach like that in. I think we can all agree that they are going to have to bring in some coaches. They might not fill all those slots. They might not get all the way back to 18. I would hope they do, but they might not. And, and who knows what that looks like, but uh, you know, we're going to have that for you here on the steel curtain network podcast. So make sure you stay tuned. Cause we'll have all that for you. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. I want to mention that. And we have a new Twitter handle. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at steel, like the Steelers C the letter C network spelled like network and so still curtain network it'll show up network it'll show up too so we have a new uh twitter handle go there uh if you listen to what yin's talking additional twitter handle (laughs) correct um go to what yin's talking about you listen to that show on our audio side and it's kyle christ has been doing a lot of the tweeting there and he's done a great job fantastic want to give him a shout out for sure so uh okay uh let's go with i have a question for you this kind of teases uh an article that's going to be coming out Friday morning by our one Tony Defio. And it's just a random question, kind of an NFL related question. And that is, uh, are the Kansas City Chiefs the new evil empire, as he put it, after the Super Bowl win last Sunday? Brian, what do you think? Yes, they are, with a caveat. So are the Philadelphia Eagles. So are the Cincinnati Bengals right now. But probably the top of the uh, food chain right now, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think a lot of people were still rooting for, for Kansas City in this game because it was against Philadelphia. And I could actually see that that's going to stop now because remember when the Patriots were in it for the first time, even though they beat the Steelers, you know, you, you were they were fresh and new and it was something exciting. And then they win again and you're like, all right, I'm done with this. And then they keep winning and 
then they take a hiatus and then they start winning three more and you're like i hate these guys i abhor these guys so if you're looking at an evil empire yeah they are uh they're they're darth vader but there's also an Emperor Palpatine in there. There's also, I'm losing Jeff. Palpatine? Uh, Palpatine, whatever. You know what, correct me, correct No, I only know that because um, that's 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 who my, my daughter thought that I talked like yesterday so when Palpatine, I was talking like Palpatine, this. Palpatine, tomato, tomato. Ah. <laughs> Dave loves to correct me. He loves to correct everyone. I didn't know who you were talking about. I thought maybe you were, this was some new fancy thing I had never heard of. All right, I was trying to impress the Star Wars nerds. I am one, but I was, I guess, not good enough, though. Yeah. I, all right, I'm out. I'm sorry. Dave, what did you, I don't even know who you're talking about. Dave, uh, what did you think about that? Is is Are the Chiefs the new evil empire in the National Football League? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, yeah, because you're always going to look for that team to hate. And it was still going to be the Patriots until somebody won multiple Super Bowls in re- in recent years. So now it's the Chiefs. And that's when, when you win Super Bowls in six. I mean, think about it. They're, you know, the, the Steelers almost grabbed that title by winning two in, <clears throat> in three seasons uh, back in the in the mid to late 20s. 2000s, 20s. What am I saying? <laughs> Where are the 20s now? In the way, 2000s. <laughs> I, I, I missed a zero, two of them. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, you're going to need someone to hate all the time. And some people are still not going to be over the Patriots because of all, all the nut times that they won. But uh, the, it's a lot easier to do that now. And you could even argue if the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl, was that two of them close enough into succession for them? Not being the same quarterback, I think, makes the difference. I think if it's the same, if it's the same quarterback, then then that's just, you know, if you're a fan of any other team, that's the team you you want to be doing what they're doing. So that that's going to be your evil empire. So follow up question. We'll start with Brian here. Is Patrick <clears throat> Mahomes the NFL's new golden boy? Wow, I I kind of think so, especially when he wins that uh, player of the year award, which I got to tell you, I, I wasn't giving it to him. I was either going Joe Burrow or Jalen hurts to be perfectly honest with you. And he went, he went in a landslide. He, I, I mean, gosh, hurts was second, uh, second, and he was the closest, but it was still a long way away. So I might be completely wrong in that. I just didn't see him as that, but yeah, he's definitely the golden boy. He has the commercials. He has the hair. He's has a, he's the guy now, and he's got two rings, and there's nothing stopping him. He's going to go. When you talk about well, Brady gets those calls. You're gonna he's gonna start getting those calls more and more. Which, of course, a lot of people thought he got that call in the AFC Championship game. I thought that should have been called, but there were some people saying it shouldn't. But there's going to be a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, questioning that. And plus, since his uh, his wife is so hateable and his brother is so punchable, you know, he's going to be even more of that uh, Darth Vader type of guy. I, I can't stand the dude's hair. He reminds me of Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. <laughs> it's just awful. But Dave, what about you? Do you think Patrick Mahomes is a new golden boy? I'll answer your question with a question. Okay. What? Active quarterbacks for tw- going into 2023 have won multiple Super Bowls. Well, he's the only one now. He's the golden boy then by default. That's that. It, it, he, that's where it is now. You know, the, Brady filed his paperwork this time. So, therefore, there's going to be someone. And the, the fact that there was someone that just won their second Super Bowl was and was in the AFC Championship game the year before, I mean, the year in between them. There, was there one year or two year in between them? I can't remember. I'm getting them all, my head all mixed up. It doesn't matter. That, um, but yeah. So, so that's 
kind of, he's going to be by default. Yeah. Did uh, I hate pumping up other shows that aren't on our network, but uh, did anyone see the Pittsburgh dad video reacting to the Super Bowl? Oh, I had it up on my queue and I didn't, I didn't hit play yet. <laughs> Not t- yet. He talks I, about how when Patrick Mahomes is walking around on the field, it looks like he has a diaper full of poop. <laughs> I always thought that he He's walked a, kind of funny. Like he does. Like, he, like, just, I know. I, I have a different analogy. But there are some things that you can't, like once you see it and then you hear that explanation, you can't unsee it. It's just like when yeah. I saw a video on Instagram, it says that when you watch Kyler Murray scrambling around the field, he looks like a toddler who has their parents' phone and they're running away from him. <laughs> and when you see a video of it, you can't unsee it. It looks like a little kid. Like he has the football, that's the phone. He's running around, getting away from his parents and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Good, <Brian>. well, <laughs> man. I have really done a 180 on Pittsburgh Dad. I I could not stand him for the longest time. And Jeff is like, "Hey, watch this commercial. Watch this. Give him a chance." Well, it wasn't a commercial. Watching. It was the oh, video. It was the yeah, but there was a video. Did. But but he, he even had a commercial too. Oh, okay. And because I was over to your house for the Green Bay game, that was a, uh, a preseason game, and we were watching on your computer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then you had me sh- watch that movie, and I'm like, all right, I- I'm kind of I'm in with this guy now, and now I crave him. So boy, everything I said in the past, um, we got to get him one- on one of these shows. I, uh, for sure. I, I think that um, I've actually tried. He hasn't gotten back to me. Maybe he knew because of my comments of the past. So. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I'm completely on board with him. I think he's brilliant. And I, I think a lot of it was just jealousy on my part. Yeah, I mean, he he did something so simple as taking his dad's voice and turning it into a shtick that's making him money now. So good for him. Good for him. But those, those movies they did, if you haven't seen them, go check them out. They're actually very well done. Uh, where with you the actually Streetlight? See, yeah, yeah, Streetlight. I forget what else. It's, it's else. I forget what it's called, but... Um, you actually see his kids, you see his wife, they're actual actors and stuff. Very well done. And the second one, I found myself like tearing up because a father with daughters and yeah. anyways, that's not yeah. here to there, but I know Dave, you're a big fan. I know that for sure. So, um, my gosh, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe another year is done. It's hard to believe that the 2022 NFL season is now over previewing is it's been nothing for us since the last time the Steelers played, but We've always been like, oh, well, let's talk about the AFC championship game. Let's talk about even the Pro Bowl. So I'm going to ask you all a simple question. That is, if there was one position you want the Steelers to target first in free agency, and we're not talking the NFL draft, so save your comments about the draft for another time. Free agency's first. March 13th, NFL tampering period begins. If there's one position you say, hey, whether it's your own player or someone outside the organization, what position do you want them to target first? Brian will go with you. He's going to take mine, so I want to hear it. <laughs> you know what? We could go with Dave first. No, because... no, I want you to go first. So when when Jeff said either your own or outside the organization, I changed my answer to corner mm. because, you know, my immediate answer was going to be offensive line because you could focus on the other things in the draft. You don't have to focus on that in the draft if you target offensive line. But Cam Sutton is, I think, a priority. I still don't think he's resigning. There's some people out there, uh, some talking heads saying, oh, yeah, he's going to return to the Steelers. I I think he has uh, – his quality of play is there that I don't think they can afford him this time around. So with the fact that you're left with uh, Levi Wallace, who I like, and Akello Witherspoon, who I hope to like more, you know, I I really think that they're going to have to uh, bring somebody in, and especially if Cam Sutton's gone, you're going to have to work on both sides. So I think corner is a top priority. Dave, is that what you're going to say? No, because I'm probably going to say what Brian might have been thinking otherwise. Because corner was the was the other one I was thinking. I'm going defensive line. I'm going Lario. Yeah. Or or someone like a Lario. Because that's that's one that even if they even if they took a defense then ended up taking a defensive lineman first round of the draft, which the only way I'm asking for that is if the right person's there. I'm not like anticipating that's the position they should do. But because to me, with that 32nd pick being there too, I want them to take the best available player 
just by crossing out a few positions that they don't need and then just take it. So it could be there. Regardless, they still need, I think, to sign either Larry O or somebody else like that in free agency. Uh, so not if I'm going to give you another position, because I agree with both of you, the corner and defensive line, I would go inside linebacker mm-hmm. as well. And That's the third uh, one. There was those three. It was well, and <laughs> I'd throw in safety too. That's true. Well, yeah, because of their own guys there too. There. You got to do yeah. something there. There's a lot of holes in the defensive side. We'll be diving headfirst into this, I'm sure, See, in the coming weeks. Go ahead, Dave. And I was going to say, for anyone that was thought offensive line, to me, offensive line, what they have coming back from last year is is all right. I, I don't see them spending more money. They they spent the money on it last year and didn't use the draft. This is the year that you draft offensive linemen. I agree. Because you don't need them to start right away. They yeah. could, but you don't need yeah. them to start right away. Yeah. So yeah, it, to me, like I was sitting there thinking about, I was like, man, safety. They find themselves in the same position this year that they found themselves in a year ago. When you think about mm-hmm. it, they Terrell Edmonds was going to be a free agent. There was no Demonte KZ. Um, who else did they have last year as their depth? Carl uh, Joseph at the end of the year. Carl Joseph and Killebrew. And I didn't even then, realize Carl came back. Yeah, we got hurt. He got hurt in the yeah. first season, and he was done for the yeah. year. So, yep. and then you know Trey Norwood, but really, there's the right. free safety. He's more of a corner, I think, than anything. No, I, I, I he's. Yeah. I mean he he played safety. Well, let's just say this: if Demonte Casey doesn't come back to play against New Orleans, then it would have been Norwood when Minka Fitzpatrick right. was out with the appendectomy. Right now, if you had to choose Edmonds or KZ, which one would you go after first, Brian? Oh my gosh, that's that's really <laughs> tough. Uh, that's really tough. I uh, I'm probably going to man, uh, it's like fifty one forty nine or but or fifty point five to forty nine point five because uh, I would keep them both. But maybe I would give that arrow to Edmonds because. You, you you know if he signs another deal that he's probably here forever at that point and how well he compliments Minka Fitzpatrick who's going to be here for a long time too so I like KZ a lot but I, I think the body of work with Edmonds and especially the way it's been lately yeah yeah I gotta go with him all right Dave you agree or disagree oh I, I think I'll go with uh, uh Terrell KZ uh, no, maybe I might go with the with, with the Monte Edmonds. No, I would love to have both of them in the role that they had. But if you could only choose one, I give the I give the the nod to Edmonds. All right, I'm going to be correct. He correct us in it real yeah. quick. It's Fedarius KZ. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just go. glad we're all saying the last name correctly. I hear Jeffrey Benedict say Kazi all the time. Like, oh my gosh, Jeffrey, like the guy's been here for an entire season. Like, it's not Kazi. You still KZ. you still say Larry Ogunjabi. <laughs> I haven't said that in a long. time. You still say goon instead of gun. I don't. (laughs) Listen back. Okay. (laughs) We talk about free agency and whether you're talking about Steelers, your own players or any acquiring anyone else, they're going to have to create space. I mean, I think with the Dave said the last salary cap update, they had like $500,000. That's about it. And salary cap space. When you can think about all the reserve contracts, they are going to have to free up money. The question is how? How would you free up money, Brian, if you were the Steelers? I mean, you can't just go to the money tree and get more. You're going to have to make some moves. What are you doing? All right. I'm going to pull out the uh, patented bad response that I say ad nauseum. Omar Khan can find money in the couch cushions like nobody else. So he's going to restructure. You know those deals are going to get restructured. You know there's going to be a cap casualty here and there, which – a lot of people, I mean, this is debatable, but, you know, how much do you really want to keep Mitch Trubisky? So you look at that big picture. Um, how much is Mitch a veteran replacement? So if a veteran replacement is not going to save you what what uh, Mitch is going to cost you, you're going to keep Mitch probably in that situation. So there's going to be opportunity to uh, you know do some trimming you know there's like i said there's going to be restructuring with a with a few guys because that's what they know how to do so th- there's going to be money to go after some guys because they will find it 
Dave, real quick, do you how many years does Cam Hayward have left on his current contract? That's I was just wondering the exact same thing, and I'm fairly certain he's got two. I'm pretty sure. Yep, he goes through 2024. So the thing is, he's got oh, a huge gosh. number. I was like, give because I would love to extend him. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but 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 because that's the because he's he's 22 million dollars the next two years cap number. So the thing is, I don't want to restructure Cam Hayward because then that's going to push next year. I mean, you could, I mean, if you do the restructure for Cam Hayward, you you could you could gain, you know, seven million dollars. But you really want his cap number to be thirty million dollars for twenty twenty four? That's a, that's quarterback money. No, so to me, Cam Hayward might be one you just leave alone. Um, I think you could you could restructure TJ Watt. TJ Watt is the one that you sit back and you wait and find out exactly how much you need for going into the season. And you and you do that. And 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 you do what you need. They did that last year. They only restructured him for as much as they needed, which was really nice. Um Mika Fitzpatrick, because he has the most years left, you could gain $10 million by restructuring him, and you're only pushing out like you know $3 million into the other years by by doing it. So it's not, you know, in each year, you know, three and a third million dollars, you know, almost oh, we'll say three and a half, we'll round up. Um, so that one probably makes the most sense. Here's the thing that people don't realize. Um the, William Jackson III, we just assume he's going to get cut, right? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, and it and he's got a roster bonus due on the 19th, okay? He technically has two void years on his contract that the Steelers owe nothing on. They could restructure him and push and push the money out in the void years if they wanted to do that. But why would you want to give him that money anyway? No. I, I think that would be foolish too. But what's crazy is people don't realize that's not an option because they could push it out. But they finally got the void years off the books with uh, with Cam Sutton, um, and they don't have to worry about void years anymore. So to to me, um, I think you're looking at a Micah Fitzpatrick restructure. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Cam. I really don't. But uh, but but. But then you've so it's mainly William Jackson the third, and Minka could could do the most. Um, to me, Miles Jack, you, do, you could save eight million dollars, but who else do you got at linebacker? Miles Jack could go the way of Joe Schobert, and that was Joe Schobert was still with the Steelers with a seven million and some dollar, um, where they could save seven million dollars or something like that with last year. They didn't cut him until they signed Jack. They yeah. held on to him, and then they signed him after that. If the Steelers signed an inside linebacker, you could get $8 million from that deal right there just by cutting Miles Jack. Um, that's just one of those things. And the same thing, the Steelers say they're going to keep Trubisky, but to me, it's if Trubisky says, hey, I want to go, then if the Steelers sign someone, they could just let him go. I, I think they'll keep him. Other than that, you're looking at, you know, like Witherspoon's $4 million. Um and that's really about all you can do. I mean, I guess the Steelers could technically restructure um like James Daniels, they could get three and a half million. What about uh, DJ? Deontay Johnson, they could get it, it'd be less than five million. It'd be less than five million for Chuke's core for as well. But if you do all those guys, you could really make the money there. Yeah, I to me with Mitch Trubisky, I, I still see you know. Everyone's like, well, the Steelers want him back. What if he doesn't want to come back? Yeah. That's and what if it's like a Derek Carr situation where it's like, listen, just release me. I want to find a new team. I want a place where I might have an actual chance to play. And in which case, the Steelers could say, okay. And then they'll save what, 10? Is it 10 or 8, Dave? Or for for me, it's it's eight. Yeah. So they would save eight million dollars by releasing him. And they would be able to probably go out and find someone, a Blaine Gabbard, a Jacoby Brissett. Um, hell, even maybe a, a Josh Case Keenum. Case Keenum, please. <laughs> Is he a free agent? 
I don't know, but I don't care. Just bring in Case Keenum. <laughs> he was up in Buffalo. He was backing up uh, Josh Allen last night. I love so. that man as a backup quarterback. I mean, do you really think Gunnar O's coming back? No. I mean, that's $2 million right there. But it, honestly, when you look at roster displacement, it's really only a million because it costs – you know, almost $900,000 for the next person to bump up into his roster spot. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on for sure. All right. Now, Brian, do you have any other trivia or is, are you done? No, that was my trivia that I had uh, that I had for the night. All right. So Dave, you're up. My trivia is not all that impressive though, but uh, I'll give it a try. Um, but I don't, I, you guys might need to talk about the weather or something for a second. Okay. Crazy weather. Yes, that's that's amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, I could actually, I could give my final thoughts if you want. Dave. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. I, don't know so I, I just, I felt the tickle in my throat that I was going to cough, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't want to do it right when I start trivia. It's still going to happen. I just feel it. All right. The the show tonight was about the Steelers and the coaching staff and Coach John Mitchell, um, calling it a career. I mean, he, what, he's, what, 71? Um, 29 years. Started with the Steelers in 1994. How many head coaches have been in the NFL since John Mitchell joined the Steelers? Oh, my God. How many coaches have been in the yep. NFL? Now, remember, when John Mitchell joined the Steelers, there was only 28 teams in the NFL. So you know what? How much things have changed? I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this quick, and so I'm gonna just take. I know there was 28 when he joined, yeah. but I would say 32. the turnover in that time would be roughly an average of three per team. So I'm gonna say 96. I'm gonna go one dollar. <laughs> you think Brian went over? I have no idea. You think Brian really, went over? I really don't know. Okay, the 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 turnover is closer to five and a half. Holy! The, there have been 179 head coaches in the NFL since John Mitchell joined the Steelers in 1994. Now, some of these are are coaches that finished their last year in 1994, like um like um Tom Flores. His last year coaching was in 1994, but that's when John Mitchell was was coaching. Um, you know, Buddy Ryan, Don Shola, he, you know, was in, finished in 1995, started in 1963, finished in 1995, and John Mitchell was coaching for the Steelers when, when, when Don Shola was still coaching in the NFL. I've got a good one real quick. Mm-hmm. How many Steeler coaching changes have there been since John Mitchell's been in the league? Head coaches, go. Since he's been in the league with the Steelers or in the league? No, since he's been with the Steelers. One. <laughs> he's not the best for nothing, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty Look obvious. That. But I mean, that's that's crazy when you think about that. That just that just kind of puts it in perspective how long uh Coach Mitchell's been there. And he wasn't even the, he's not even the, the the longest coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers all time. Because that yeah. was I can't I can't I should have done that as my trivia. Dick Hope remember. wasn't Dick Hope. Yes, the running time? backs coach. Yeah. Yeah. He was what thirty five years or thirty thirty two. It was something he crazy. played for the team too. Yeah. yeah. So um, man, I I would like to say you know really enjoyed the Palomalu book by Jim Wexel. Really enjoyed the on the clock book about the draft by Jim Wexel. I'll be honest with you, I would love nothing more than a book on John Mitchell. So I'm going to have yeah. to say since since I've reviewed both of those books for Behind the Steel Curtain, I might have to send a message to the to the publisher and say, hey, why doesn't he do this one? Because honestly, you would say, well, it would really take a diehard Steelers fan because, you know, there's plenty of Steelers fans right now that don't know really who John Mitchell is, who John, you know, and what he was to this team, but just what he was to the game of football. I mean, it kind of, yeah. it kind of makes you wonder, like, wow, would, would someone like that like for a pro football Hall of Fame, but – I mean, I know Brian would want him in because he wants Water Boys to get in. But other than that, yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, NCAA Hall of Fame, though, I, he's in. He's in the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame already. Yeah, but NCAA, I think he I don't could, know. I think he could get into the College Football Hall of Fame, and I. The only reason I know that because I was listening to the show with you, Jeff, today or what yesterday. Show? 
the Mitchell show. I mean, the uh, Steelers oh, update. Oh, yeah. yeah. They all merge into one. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he, he broke a lot of color barriers in a lot of ways in college sports. He was the first black coordinator at LSU, I think, in 1990, something like that. So, yeah, I mean. First, first black player for Alabama. Bear Bryant, for Bear Bryant. I mean, he and another guy. There were two. Two of them came yeah. in, but I think was, I think yeah. he might have got the first start or something like that when I, when I looked up stuff with him. When when they honored him last spring, mm-hmm. I I looked up some of the stuff that I'm like, man, this is fantastic. People, Steelers fans needed to appreciate John Mitchell while he was here, just for the just everything, just just ever everything, and the players. My goodness, they just adore him. Seems like it. I mean, in even like Kenny Pickett tweeted out, like, man, one of the best to do it. Like, he's only been with him a year. I can't imagine what someone like Cam, who's been with him for so long. And uh, it's, it's interesting. It's okay. Well, then, up? so then here's the question I got another trivia if we have a little bit of time. Sure. Who were, were the starting defensive linemen for Coach Mitchell his first year with the Steelers? 94, right? Yep. Starting? Yep. Okay. I've got that. Go ahead, Brian. I figured you would. Ray Seals. Correct. Joel Steed. Yep. Donald Evans. Good guess. Okay, wait, wait. Keevan Henry. Nope. No, no, Donald Evans. Um, Ray Seals. Oh, my gosh. I thought it would be Donald Evans. Go ahead. Hit me. Gerald Williams. Hmm, I thought he was gone yeah. in 92. Nope. He was, according to Pro Football Reference, that was the three starters on the defensive line for 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 coach Mitchell in his first year. I mean, think about this. What coach when 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 the offensive line was Dermani Dawson, Duval Love, you know, Leon Searcy. These are players that we think about so and coach Mitchell was coaching with the Steelers when they were there. You know, Rod Woodson, now now coaching the XFL team. He was playing defense for the Steelers when John Mitchell was coaching the Steelers. You know, well, he saw the he crazy. saw the Blitzburg defense, all those great early two thousand units. I yeah. mean, the guy's seen a lot of Steelers football, that's for sure. Um, and, 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 and and this, I don't know. Did you guys listen to what we had talking about this um, today? I did because, not get the chance to listen because to um, in ninety five, one of the people that Coach Mitchell um, coached uh, was was incorrectly referenced on what you're talking about today, and that is one uh, uh, Brenston Buckner. Um, cause, uh, I, I think they accidentally, um, they were trying to do a world series baseball reference, accidentally got the head Steelers of the brain and said, Brenston Buckner. He instead was of Bill, instead of Bill Buckner. Yeah. <laughs> I love, actually, I, I kind of love that. Um, yeah. se- the second pick in the draft in 1994 out of Clemson, if I'm not mistaken, it was Brenston Buckner. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just that this just kind of putting his time with the Steelers in perspective. I mean, man, I mean, think about it. The first draft pick after after John Mitchell was hired by the Steelers was the late Charles Johnson. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Coach Mitchell, you deserve to retire, but man, just thank you so much for everything. For sure. That's my closing thoughts. Oh, there you go. All right, Brian, what about you? Well, I'm changing my closing thoughts, and it's a lot due to uh, what Dave Schofield just said. I was all set to rail on Juju Smith-Schuster and really do my best old man shaking fist in clouds imitation because I, I think it's ridiculous what happened this week. I'm not getting into that. All I'm going to get into is Dave brought up some names. Well, I actually brought up the names because I was answering the question. Ray Seals. Joel Steed, Gerald Williams, especially Gerald Williams. You guys don't know what those guys did for this team. Gerald Williams was great on this team. For a lot of years, he was an unsung hero you did not know. Just like David Little. Didn't know who David Little was. And I've been saying this a lot lately because on my final thoughts two weeks ago, when I talked about Paul Martha, get to know these guys. Man, I have been going back in time a lot for the BTSC DeLorean, and I'm I'm kind of bummed that I'm not doing that right now because the season's over, and I did the entire postseason, so I watched a lot of games, and it was so awesome. But I could see the exploits of these guys. You know, you guys don't know who they are. Some of them were number one picks. You know, the Keith Garys, 
the Keith Willis's. Oh my goodness. You might not know who these guys are. You might've heard them in passing. Get a book like a Jim Wexel book on the draft clock that, that uh, talks about a lot of guys like this. And I'm just starting the book and I'm, I'm in love already because it's everything I like to talk about. I'm considered a historian of the Pittsburgh Steelers now, just among you guys, but I mean, not in the real world. No one says bad's a historian. No, but I feel like I'm a Steelers historian. And when I think of these names, I smile because they did a lot of great things for this team. And a lot of people don't know who they are because they're not named Bradshaw. They're not named Harris and they're not named Lambert. So find out who the Charles Johnsons are, the Paul Marthas. Find out who the Marv Kellum who passed away last week is and find out who Gerald Williams is. I'll take it a step further because, yeah, those are some of the people that are kind of obscure to just the average Steeler fan. You know, I, I wrote an article for Behind the Steel Curtain today that was basically just what's your favorite Jerome Bettis moment. We started the show talking about the bus because it's his birthday. There was a lot of people that read the website that said I was born in 2001. So in other words, they only know the Jerome Bettis of the waning years of his career. They don't know the three river stadium, Jerome Bettis, like the, the mid nineties just acquired from the Rams, Jerome Bettis. And I, I'll tell everyone, like if you're listening to this or watching this and you've, you only know Jerome from the end of his career. Go back and watch highlights. Like there's a million of them on YouTube, and you can just see that they don't make running backs like that anymore. I don't think they ever will again. Someone that's that big, that nimble, with that much balance, and he did have breakaway speed, believe it or not, early in his career. Just phenomenal. And there's so many young Steeler fans that don't know what he was like early in his career. They just know oh, he's like the closer or he's the guy that they won one for in and Super Bowl 40. That dude was a freaking beast. Go and check it out. Go check it out. Yeah. So, all right. Good show. Good job, guys. Dave, are you able to send us out this week? Hey. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Thank you. I'm glad Felicia is not in the house. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Everybody else gets a little tight. <laughs>